In the morning, when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them suckers like the f***ing players. Game four of the NBA Finals tonight. Can the Bucks even the series at two games up? Not a series. It's true. No one's lost at home yet. I I think it has more to do with uh, the Bucks than the Suns. We'll see if uh, if his uh, supporting cast can. He's what's he thirty six and ten? I mean his numbers. Giannis's numbers are stupid. <laughs> I thought it was at this fourteen, point. isn't it? I mean, 14 yeah, it's just rebounds? it's just like video games so far in three games. But if Middleton and Holiday play like they did the other night, I think they'll even the series. If you're the Suns, what are you doing about guarding Giannis? Like that, because that's been our conversation the last couple of days is that they don't have a guy that you, they're throwing Jay Crowder on him. They don't have a guy that can really defend him. Like, I'm, I'm curious to see what Monty Williams and the Suns do defensively to try to stop Giannis because last game, Giannis made more layups and attempted more free throws than the entire Suns team. What I would do to guard Giannis, I'd guard Giannis. Because they haven't done it for three games. So I'd be like, hey, we might as I well mean, start guarding. Jay Crowder is there physically. Like, well, wouldn't you wouldn't you go back to the whole cliche Man, of like try be... to bother the other two and he's just gonna get forty and that's fine. Go get your forty. But if we mess with these other guys and we kind of shut them down, then it doesn't matter. You can get forty. I think the main problem with that is that Giannis might get sixty because he just <laughs> he just gets to the rim. Like he he literally just he just gets dunks and layups. So if your if your game plan is all right, sorry Jay Crowder, do your best. Yeah, but do we're your just best. Not you can't, letting yeah. anybody else. Like every possession, can't the Bucks just say, all right, Giannis is getting a layup, and that's like, yeah, as but, much as I love threes, if you're giving me a layup on every possession, I'm taking the layup on every possession. Still hard to believe he he could get six. Right. Well, because after he's got 35 in the first quarter, the Suns are going to yeah. start helping. So, yes. like, yes, but like I like. That's like what we've seen. That strategy would make sense because okay, when Holiday and Middleton play well, the Bucks the win. Bucks win. The Bucks when they win. play poorly, the they Bucks lose. lose. So that would make sense in that aspect of okay, just you know, just face, worry about them. Face, face guard, guard them. yeah. Don't face even guard let them. Catch yeah, it. exactly. Just let Giannis go. But the way Giannis has been scoring, it's not like Giannis has been knocking down some mid-range jumpers. It's not like Giannis has been making tough shots. Right. He's Making just late. dunking. Oh, he's twelve he's, for twelve last game. He's just dunking. Yeah. So if you do that strategy, Giannis might score hundred points. That'd be fun to talk it would about be. tomorrow. Let's if he, score, do that, if he scores 100, it's our first thing tomorrow to talk about tomorrow. Yeah, let's go, Phoenix. Jared. Let's do the it. The first bite. <laughs> How did Giannis score 101 points? They, they they literally are like, all right, no one guard. No one guard Giannis. <laughs> exactly. Let him get hits. <laughs> Double team oh, Drew Holiday. <laughs> he didn't even look to pass. Next question. Kawhi Leonard had surgery to repair a partially torn ACL. The Clippers announced that yesterday. We're, are we just like two weeks removed from them pretending like he was going to come back? This was worse than lower body injury. Like two He's games on the horizon. in, yeah. Like two games in, you're like, this guy's not coming back. Now we didn't know the extent of his injury, but at some point, it was very early. I think we all said, knowing his history. Knowing he hasn't, he's not even on the trips. Like this, this guy's not playing in the series. Now, again, I. It's too bad for him that it was actually a tear. I mean, you know, an ACL tear, so it's going to be a while. It, the best, not the best part about that, but the the most um, 
obvious part of their statement with Clippers saying no timetable for his return. The next time we hear about this guy, it'll be like opening night and he'll actually be playing. They will give no information about this guy whatsoever, man. He, they are they are tight-lipped about him and anything he does. The question will be, where is he rehabbing and who's he playing for well, next year? I was going to ask you this. He is could, he going to tell the Clippers? Like, the Clippers aren't going to give any injury information. Is not, he going to tell the Clippers? <laughs> well, he, what the first thing he's going to say is, I'll, I'll stay, but I'm opting out and you're giving me a max deal of 250 and then I'll let you know how my knee is because uh, you're going to give me the money. And then you got to trade this Chris Paul or this Paul yes, George exactly. guy, even I, though he was good. I want Chris Middleton. He actually got to the oh, final. God. <laughs> Happy to move on to the, to the next question here, Aaron. Some more NBA. Middleton the, and Hero. The that's Warriors. The, that's the super team. Have discussed internally adding Damian Lillard. Lillard. Um, that's a report by The Athletic. My first question to that is, hasn't every team discussed internally adding yeah. Damian Lillard? I mean, well, and ask me this. I thought I thought Chauncey was the guy he wanted. Well, it kind of went south on him. Hey, so. Did he? Well, he I got thought a, he wanted him. Damian Lillard got a lot of criticism for wanting Chauncey Billups when all the stuff about Chauncey Billups came and out. The, uh, what was it, 1999, yes. sexual assault right. and rape allegation and... Yeah, so that kind of went south for him. If he goes to the Warriors, they really better hope that Clay comes back healthy in his defensive player of the year. Because <laughs> Wait, you don't like a backcourt of Damian Lillard and Steph Curry D everybody up? I love him on offense. Yes, absolutely. I just want to see That's that. That's why Draymond Green's I mean, there. He's got to clean up all their guys. He'd be cleaning messes. up a lot. Uh, so he'd be cleaning up a lot with Dame Lillard. But uh, no, it'd be incredible to watch. Lillard, Curry, and Thompson oh, would be unreal. It'd be incredible because to watch. You're talking about the two guys in the league that do it the most in terms of dribble across half court and shoot from the logo, which is indefensible. And somehow they make 40 foot threes at a high enough rate that it's okay. That's a good shot. And then Clay Thompson, who's like been one of the best catch and shoot three point shooters in the last decade of this sport. It'd be unreal. Now, yeah, who can they defend? That's a good question, but it doesn't matter if you make a three on every possession. I don't know if I, I'm trying to say I, I was reading what they what they would give up. I mean, multiple ones. Um uh they've put a few players out there. I don't know if they'd have the best haul. Probably not. I mean, I think you'd get some teams that they well, first of all, you'd have to overpay for him because there'll be five, six, seven teams that want the guy or however many that would want him. So I'd be love to see the packages for him. I just don't know if the Warriors would have the best package. You're going to have to give up a lot of ones for him. I'd love to see like the Orlando Magic have the best package for Damian Lillard. It's like, all right, you got out of Portland <laughs> and you're Trump in Orlando. For the next decade. And you're in Orlando. Can Oklahoma City trade for him? No. <laughs> oh, they, they wouldn't even they notice They certainly have lost, the picks. They, they wouldn't even like, notice, yeah. What do they have, 17 over the yes. next like five years? They lost like five or six of those? Yeah, wouldn't you could notice. say, we're giving you seven number one picks because it'll leave us with nine, <laughs> and we'll be okay. They wouldn't even notice. It'd be fine. <laughs> I don't care about him. Next question. The 76ers have engaged with teams about trading Ben Simmons. So key difference here in these two reports, this one from Shams, is that the 76ers have actually talked to other teams about trading Ben Simmons, whereas that Warrior story, the Warriors have just talked amongst themselves about, hey, should we go after Damian Lillard? But this is saying the 76ers have actually talked to other teams about trading Ben Simmons. Also, from a source to Sham Sharnia, the trade market for Ben Simmons is described as robust. Translate that. It, the 76ers are saying, yeah, no, it's a huge trade market. They've gotten one offer and they're trying to get a second one. Yeah, I mean, that translate robust for him. I think there point, was a report after what we saw in the playoffs. There was a report earlier that the 76ers turned down off an offer from the Pacers of Karis LeVert and a first round pick. 
I don't know how robust that is. Yeah, it's a first I mean, round pick, and it's a yeah. it's a starter, right? It's, it's not really not robust. an all star, but it's a starter, which is I mean, it, I mean to me a, to me robust is like multiple ones, right? Isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, so but they turn that down, so maybe there are they've been offered something better than Karis Levert and a number one. Uh, maybe they haven't, and they just expect to be offered more, and that's why they told Sham Sharni the market is robust. So somebody comes back, maybe right. they want the Pacers yeah. to come back with Demonis Sabonis in a number one pick instead of. Teams Paris right Levert. now, Jim. Do you hear it's robust? We got we, we got out. We got off more. Someone's giving them a robust offer. <laughs> then you find out oh, it's Karis Levert. <laughs> Karis Levert in a one. We can beat I mean, that, right? <laughs> yes. Do we want Ben Simmons? <laughs> no, he can't no, shoot. No, no. All that means is now there are teams going. Wait, we can get Levert. He shoots during the fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, are we over? Are we over analyzing his bad playoffs where he's still just twenty five? He was all NBA. I mean, there's a lot of good things about it, but then you see that series and you're like, whoa. I mean, I don't are we not taking in his whole resume? He is a phenomenal defender. He is a good passer. He is a good ball handler. He is an excellent at getting to the rim. He didn't finish very well at the rim, but he's excellent at getting to that spot where you can get layups and he's an average finisher. Like, he's very good at a lot of things in this sport. He's just not good at shooting. And so the problem with Ben Simmons is that he's on a max contract. So like when you have a guy on a max contract, he can't be a role player. Which no, ben, like Ben no, Simmons, to be the guy. Ben Simmons would be a phenomenal role player, but on a max contract, he's got to be the number one or right. the number two option on a team that's trying to win a championship. And he's he's not good. I, like you can't have that guy that can't shoot because what the Sixers did like the last two years, I think maybe more than that, in the playoffs in the fourth quarter. Ben Simmons stands in the dunker spot. He stands in the short mm-hmm. corner, and if, if the whole plan, the whole, whole point of that is if, if the guy helps off of him, you pass it to him, he can take one dribble, one step, and dunk, and, and dunk it. Right? That's where like Montrez Harrell plays, right? Like that's where those type of players are. Which again, those are useful players. Those but are guys not max that guys. those are guys that help you win a title, right? But Ben Simmons gets paid like he's the number one or number yes. two option on a title team, and it's just. Trading for that doesn't make a lot of sense unless you've got a superstar on like a $500,000 deal or something like that. Or you're the Orlando Magic or Washington Wizards and you need to sell some season tickets and jerseys. <laughs> then that guy's great. Are you? Did people like Ben Simmons? Like he's not Russell Westbrook. Like Russell Westbrook is a guy where you can say, yeah, he's not good enough to be a one or a two, but he's fun as hell to watch. And he'll sell tickets and jerseys. Well, and that's Do the, people like Ben Simmons? And he got so gr- so much not grief. Li- I will say he is not a likable person every time I've heard no. him speak. And he got so much grief publicly and through media about how bad he was in the playoffs. I don't know if I'm an opposing fan base if he excites me. You know, like, yeah, we got that guy. Isn't that the guy who stunk in the playoffs? You know, I mean, yeah, like, like you said about Russell Westbrook. Oh, he might go 50, 20, and 18, and we'll love watching right. him. But right now, if I'm, I'm a Pacers, I'm an Orlando Magic fan, I'm like, I saw that guy in the playoffs. I'm buying tickets well, to watch him. We'll do the Pacers. So the Pacers, they made it in the play-in series this year and lost yeah. in that second game. So they didn't actually make the playoffs. So you're looking at a team. They've got Damana Sabonis, who's an all-star, who's pretty good. They've got uh, TJ Warren missed the whole year, who was like the greatest player in the history of the NBA bubble. If they suddenly trade for Ben Simmons and Karis LeVert is gone, do you think the Pacers are any better than they were last year? No. Like, they're better defensively because Ben Simmons is good defensively. But now, again... You're talking about playing a guy. If you play him at point guard, your point guard can't shoot. And you can't play him at power forward because you got Sabonis and Miles Turner in there. Do they still have the Canadian shot blocker, Kim Birch? In Orlando? Yeah. No, I thought you said Indiana. Oh, he. Uh, I thought he was in Orlando, oh. right? I thought he was in the Pacers. Oh, 
Ultra. I'm, he's somewhere I, in the I, I know one. Th- I know one thing. I know one thing which we weren't sure about last week. He's Canadian. <laughs> I don't know where he. Don't you? Last he week played we for the Raptors. Jared was right. I played for the Raptors. Yes. Wow. I I think the Raptors are sort of have the same rules as like the CFL, where like so many players have to be Canadian. I'm sorry to. Eh. I also would enjoy Ben Simmons trying to date the people he dates while being in like, come on out to Indianapolis. We'll go to the Steak and Shake. Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. The Canadians have made Dominic Ducharme their head coach. He was the interim after they made a coaching change in the middle of the season, got to the Stanley Cup final, and all I can think is that the Golden Knights helped this guy get a job. If we believe Nikita Kucherov, they had their Stanley Cup the previous <laughs> series, true. and that's, that's what true. got this guy they won the their full-time job. Yes. They, they, they won the previous series. So Kucherov put it in uh, plain English that, uh, yes, it was because he beat the Golden Knights that he got the full-time job. What are the chances Nikita Kucherov knows this guy's name? Oh, no chance. And by the way, it's amazing you get extended by beating the Gold Knights when I don't think you were on the bench for most of those games. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> that kid was quarantined. That kid, <laughs> that poor kid had COVID. He was in some hotel room. He, how? That is the best job ever by an agent. You get your guy the full-time job for beating the team you're not supposed to, and you're not even there. That's a good point. <laughs> their biggest series, they didn't even have their head coach. No. Why do we have head coaches? <laughs> I have no idea. What are we I doing mean, here? Didn't well, Derek according England, to John Cooper, so he could sit there and chew gum. Didn't Derek England win the AHL exhibition game when he had to be yeah. the emergency? Why yeah. do we, yeah. we don't need coaches. I'm f- I mean, the only thing that would have made it better is had the assistant interim had, coach, been the, yeah. had a laptop and he had him on Zoom <laughs> and he was just following the action. Or they would have given the assistant the full-time job. It's like, look, dude, you weren't even here and they beat the Golden Knights. How can we give this guy the <laughs> job? Lost. The assistant's getting the full-time you job. You lost in five to Tampa. <laughs> this guy crushed this the, guy Golden Knights. the Golden Knights. Be phenomenal. Uh, All right, coming up next, we'll get into the Raiders and maybe we'll actually get to if Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback or not. You got some weapons. Yep. You got some weapons. And it's like we've been waiting just for the Raiders to take that next step. Yes. Like, how close do you feel like you guys are to taking that next step in contending? Well, I mean, we had, we had, we're three or four plays away from having 12 or 11 wins. Like, literally three play. And it's like, we're so close. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Let me ask you something. If you're three or four plays away from 11 or 12 wins, are you three or four plays away from four? Yes, because, no, you can you can literally do that with their season where he's looking at, like, the Miami game, the loss to Kansas City, and the overtime loss to uh, the Chargers, right? Those are sort of the big three games that the Raiders had a chance to win late. Okay. They didn't, but they also needed a Hail Mary to beat the Jets. Yep. They had to knock down a pass into the end zone on the last play of the game to beat the Chargers. Chargers. And what did they need? Oh, what was it? The Panthers. They got that fourth down. Yep. Matt Rule called a fullback dive yeah. on fourth and one was with it? the game on the line. I'm trying to think. And that was hey, when McCaffrey when, was when, healthy. When, when, hey, I was thinking, when the game's on the line, you got to give it to a fullback. Yeah. 
I was, that, that that brings back the our reaction in the press box when he didn't give it to McCaffrey. Like, <laughs> I said, "Is that guy in the game?" Like I had to get my binoculars out and make sure Christian McCaffrey was actually in the game. Like, why did they give it to that guy? So, that and, was weird. And granted, the Panthers were like they were like at like the forty yard line. They still would have had to go and score. But it's still Christian McCaffrey. But you needed a four. But the Raiders got a fourth and one stop against a fullback, and that sealed a win. So. You know, they're a few plays away from having lost three more games last year as well, which, again, if you go through just about any NFL team season ever, you play five, six, seven, eight close games, you can always say, hey, if we had won the three close games we lost, we'd be much better. If you'd lost the three close games you won, you'd be much worse. And you can certainly say that about them for several years because they're always in that seven, eight range. Right. Like, if you're like a 500 team, you can usually find two or three on the other side. Now, if you're... One and now 16, but one and 15 is like, yeah, you probably weren't going to win three or four more. So they're perpetually in this situation, I'm sure, where we could all go back and look. Yeah. Well, you could have won that well, one. You could have lost that one. I that mean, was the same thing. I'm pretty sure that's how Jeff Fisher kept his job in St. Louis for as long as he did is he would he would randomly beat Seattle the year that they win the Super Bowl, <laughs> but he'd win six games, yeah. eight games. He actually, if you go back, he he went seven and nine more than he went seven, seven wins then, <laughs> he, but with the, more than he went eight and eight. But yeah, so it's. But I mean, look, that's what he has to say. I get it. Whatever. Yeah, you're explaining things away, and you're trying to say you're better than you were. I, it's, it's just, it's not just Derek Carr. It's funny when anyone says that. It's like, well, you can go the other way too. But. The year they went twelve and four and made the playoffs, I think they were like something like nine and two in one possession games. They were really they, good in one possession like, games. That was the that was yeah. the outlier, right? The entire Derek Carr. experience that's the outlier where they were really good in one possession games whereas most years you're about 500 in one possession games right you're like five and four in one that's a lot of people though yeah that's it that's That's almost everybody everybody. but you'll have outliers like that where the raiders go nine and one oh they're 12 and four they made the playoffs and the next year oh they won six games and fired their head coach that that the the year they won 12 games besides the you know connor cook being the worst thing i've ever seen this side of tom savage in a playoff game uh the thing that I remember is Jack Del Rio basically like, well, we can kick it and we can go to overtime and we'll get the ball or let's go for two. And like being the only coach I'd ever seen that actually was like, oh, we can just win it right now. Yeah. Oh, let's go for two. John Gruden did that once when the season was over and it was the last game of the year and they already eliminated from the playoffs. I, I have never <laughs> actually seen a coach like. I can win it right now yeah. with one play. And he did it twice. Yeah. Oh, that's actually, maybe that's not true. I think Boise State. Well, co- college coaches do it. Oh, they do it a lot more. Quite a bit. The I NFL think, coaches are too paranoid. Wasn't it uh, Nebraska in like the 90s or something? They had a, they scored a touch before college football overtime. They were like undefeated playing Miami in the Orange Bowl or something. And they went for two? They scored a touchdown and they could have kicked the extra point. Tie game, finished undefeated, but Osborne went for two because he wanted to win and be a perfect right. season and right. they didn't get it. So like college coaches I mean, do it. NFL coaches are so paranoid whether it be about their jobs or whatever, they almost in my mind will take extending it than leaving it oh, all in one they, play. The They're ma- so paranoid. The NFL majority coaches. of NFL coaches so coach pa- not to lose, not yes, to get fired absolutely. and to win yes. or, you know, absolutely. be good, right? That's that's the decision making yeah. of 90% of, of NFL, NFL coaches. coaches. Sure. And it's what it's why this entire football season I'm going to be yelling about going forward on fourth down. Because you should be going for it on fourth down a lot, especially when it's fourth and short. But coaches are terrified. Uh oh, I didn't get that. We gave and, up a short touchdown. And not just him. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm no, saying all. Yeah, I'm not, exactly. I wasn't even talking about Gruden. Because right. Gruden was about average in fourth down aggressiveness this year. Like, it's not like he was awful at it. He right. went for it. It's just in the red zone, he got super conservative. He got in the red zone. He's like, I'm taking the three points. 
We're not going for fourth. Have and you two. seen our long snapper? <laughs> you haven't heard him on the radio, but have you seen this guy? He's great. No, no, we will not. No, we will not. You have been on those emails. No, we will not. Why not? All right, crickets. Uh, is there some? Is there important so, breaking news that yeah. you'd like to get to? So Adam Schefter tweeted um, about twenty minutes ago. Richard Sherman was booked at six oh eight a.m. this morning at the Seattle Correctional Facility for burglary, domestic violence, per King County Public Records. Uh, if I'm correct, King County is the county Seattle's in. Uh, Sherman was also denied bail. So Richard Sherman is a free agent. Uh, he has not signed with anybody. I believe he's been doing Chris Collinsworth podcasts with Pro Football Focus the like entire offseason. They might have been doing it in season as well. But yeah, this is kind of kind of bizarre. Like Richard Sherman being arrested for burglary domestic violence in the middle of him, we assume, trying to get a contract signed so he can play in the NFL this year. It, well, again, I told Tyler and I wasn't it. Not to make fun, but literally 23 hours ago, I don't know who wrote it. Maybe it was one of the Seattle papers. Literally 23 hours ago, Bobby Wagner, they wrote a story being quoted saying, we need to bring him back. We need him. Bring him back. And it's like 23 hours later, he's being, you know, arrested and and he's in the correctional facility. So, yeah, I mean, this happened fast overnight because yesterday and six days ago, three best landing spots for Richard Sherman. Five days ago, a story about this is where Richard Sherman should go. So this is kind of out of the blue. Right. I mean, he's... What, the biggest name free agent left in the Absolutely. NFL? And Frank Gore. Frank Gore hasn't signed? I No, he's saying he's waiting till training camp. Oh, that's smart. He should probably wait till just week one and then just show up and some team will say, yeah, we'll take you. Just show up to random, just random like, just team. Just random game one of the Jets and just put on a helmet. Yeah, I was going to say, what if he showed up and just put on a uniform and jogged out to practice and they weren't really sure he was supposed to be there? But yeah. like, yeah, it's Frank Gore. Yeah, he'll Give play. him 10 carries, he'll fine. be fine. I can't believe Frank Gore's not signed. I'm, I'm double-checking that, but no, I, yeah, he's currently a free agent. But he has said, I'm waiting till training camp to sign because, you know, you, you don't want to put any extra text. You, you don't want to put anything no else. Maybe this is a question for Sam and Ash. Why wouldn't he, to my mind, he doesn't have a history of violence, does he? Like, why would he get no bail? We don't know what the charge is. We don't know what the domestic violence was. It might have been bad. Yeah, I think, no. it's, I think it's based on what he allegedly did. I mean, he's just been charged, but it could be anywhere from... A slight push to something else, I would imagine. I think that's kind of how the judge would look at what's what's the charge and what did he supposedly do. Yeah. So, I mean, no, we, we can't ask Sam and I no. just, I mean, not that there's literally no details on this. It's burglary domestic violence this morning denied bail. So there's not going to be much to go on. But, yeah, I mean, we can just sort of what that means or what it could mean going forward for him. But, yeah, Richard Sherman um, booked this morning for burglary domestic violence and was denied bail in King County. So... Yeah, not not good for him, and we'll see what happens there. Coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. He plays the fiddle and is friends with Sarah Spain. And you are not. It's time for our weekly visit with ESPN's Jason Fitz. Hello, Jason. How hey, Jason. are you? Uh, I mean, 
It depends on the day on whether or not Sarah claims me as a friend, but I always claim her as a friend. Oh, I see. That is an important distinction. Yeah. So you always claim her. Okay. What would you say the percentage is that she does claim you as a friend? Um, like 65, 35 depends on the day, but I feel pretty good about that. Like that's, that's where, you know, some days 50, 50, some days 70, 30, but that's about as big as it gets 70, 30. And that's usually if she can feel in the universe somewhere that I'm complimenting the bears, that gets me a little bit of bonus points. Like that's the only way. (laughs) Well, so, okay. What do you do to swing the other way and make her not your friend? Uh, you know, dad jokes, uh, really all of my jokes, uh, my, my energy at the end, like there's, there's a weirdness and you guys know this, like one of the things that, you know, I, I will admit is maybe one of my most difficult traits for people is that I'm the same level of energy at 3 a.m., whether I'm just waking up or whether I'm just going to bed. So, you know, there are days that Sarah comes in, you know, ready for spade and fits and it's been a long day and everybody's tired and I'm the one that comes into the room like a, you know, circus clown that just took four or five hour energy before I got there. So, you know, it's it's endearing to me, but not always to the people around me. So I think that gets me in the fifty percent range sometimes. Do you own a Red Stars jersey? Oh no, no, no! I mean, I'm not buying one. She better give me one, right? <laughs> like, uh, look, there there are a few things in life that I'll actually spend my you know hard earned money on, and uh, you know her her team, no, for certain, certainly not. Now, you know, when Vegas gets an NWSL team. Then we can have, you know, good heated rivalry, as we have now. Like, we, we decided we were going to play some friendly wager on the WNBA season as she is a fan of Chicago Sky, and I have adopted the Vegas Aces, obviously, as my uh, go-to <laughs> uh, bestie. So, you know, at this point, like, what I really like about this is the better the Aces play, the more likely I am to make Sarah buy me Aces gear, which is a win on all accounts. Because then, you know, money goes to the WNBA, which is good, but... I don't have to spend it, which is even better. You, you, that's a good bet for you. You've got a yeah. real, uh, you're winning that bet. I don't know what exactly the terms are, but you're winning that bet. Yeah, I, I feel strong about it. Uh, and, you know, and let me also be clear that I have a very close friendship with Chenea Gumake. That's obviously I'm with Chenea and Golik Jr. every day. So when she found out that I had adopted the Aces and not uh, L.A., she was not, oh. she's not quite yeah. pleased with me. And I was like, look, <laughs> you know, she could have gotten ahead of the curve. She's had, Several years to send me free L.A. stuff, but I don't have a closet full of spark swag, so if I'm going to spend my money, it's on Vegas. Let's go. You made the, choi- you made the right choice there. Uh, I feel like I did 100%. You know, and, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I was at the first ever Preds game uh, in Nashville. I'll never forget. I have a puck at my desk in Nashville that they gave to the first 10,000 people in the arena. And, like, I grew up a big hockey fan even as uh, a kid in Vegas, because that was the era where Gretzky got traded to the Kings and Luke Robitaille looked like a rock star. So, you know, the hockey kid in me was really pleased. I've been a Preds guy a long time, but, you know, I'm, I'm moving all my allegiances. So, you know, even though I think the Golden Knights could have maybe had a better logo and maybe you know, I'm not sure that it was the best of the nicknames, I'm, I'm all in. Like, I'm, I'm just moving everything as, a, as a, just a side hustle. Like, the, the Preds are going to become my side piece and the Golden Knights become my main one. I do enjoy that you are somehow like out here trying to guilt people into giving you gear so you cheer for their team. Yeah, oh, a thousand percent. I don't want to spend money on it. I mean, let's be <laughs> very, very clear about this. Like, I mean, the the amount of time, like, and you all know my love of the Raiders. Like, it seeps through my my pores, right? But the the amount of times I sit with a a, a cart full of things, and here's here's the, the the real scoop, guys. Like, I'm just we're just a bunch friends here, right? Like, when I was touring in music, there was one day I came home. And I had this big box in there to come from the Raiders, and it was full of swag. And I was like, oh, my God, 
when I got the job at ESPN, I thought it was just going to lead to a different level of free stuff from the team. <laughs> nothing. Got nothing. I don't get free stuff and I buy it when I want it. And so I had a buddy, you know, Harry Douglas, that used to play in the NFL, and he was out working out with the team. And I sent him a text, and, and he was just working out with some of the, the receivers there and checking out the facilities. And I was like, you better get me a bucket of gear while you're there. He knew somebody. I got some swag through Harry. But other than that, I didn't have to buy my Raiders gear at this point. Like, I'm just not – I'm not, you know, and until I, I get bigger, I, I have to still pay for everything. I'm not at that Golic Jr. level where people just send it to me. Boy, you, it's a good thing you, uh, you don't have to pay for the Raiders. That can that stuff can get expensive. I'll tell you that. I mean, oh, it, I, I I mean this NFL stuff, if it has that NFL logo on it, it, it's pricey. Yeah, like I've got the Raiders shorts that have been in my, like, cart for a year because it just feels weird to spend that much money on, like, athletic shorts, you know, but. I know I need to get them because I wear them for 10 years and I wear it seven days a week. Like, I, I wear a Raiders hoodie or a Raiders zip up virtually every day of the week in the fall. And I still have this long negotiation period before I buy one. But that being said, uh, when I come out this year uh, for the first game on Monday Night Football, I'm going to do unhealthy things to my bank account at Allegiant Stadium. That's like, I prepped for that. I, I, I'm going to go all willy nilly and not even think twice about it. I'm going to do wild things that I don't usually do. You might be broke after the parking. Hey, um, I want to ask you about, do you have any feeling or care if USA basketball goes to the Olympics and just doesn't even medal? Oh, I think if they didn't medal, we'd be surprised. But I don't think that what we're seeing right now is in any indication of that. Like, just being honest, a couple of things here. What have we learned from NBA players over the last few years? Like, NBA players know when to play, press the turbo button, and they know when not to. And that's one thing we talk about, the difference between regular season and playoff basketball. Like, they know when to conserve their energy. They know when to put it all on the floor. So the fact that they've lost a couple of times is not particularly a huge deal to me. The one concern that I would have for, for USA basketball this year is, like, it just feels like we're forgetting that we've now done back-to-back seasons, that we're back right up on each other. I think there's tired legs, and, and that's real for all the NBA players right now. So – you know, at some point, my concern is when they get over there to play against lesser opponents, but lesser opponents that have fresher legs, will there be more opportunity for them to lose? Maybe, but I, I still think by the time it's all said and done, USA basketball will clearly win. It's not going to be as competitive as people think. They just, it's the NBA culture. Like, this is the, the exhibitions are just that. They don't care. So they're going to lose some. When are we getting your hot takes on it? You you were tweeting out some hot takes during the NBA Finals. When are we getting the hot takes on USA Basketball? You know, I feel like the hot take is that USA Basketball is going to win a gold medal. You know, I might <laughs> even give you this hot take. Here, here's the real hot take. USA Basketball has more NBA players than all the other teams do. So there you go. Like, I feel like I, now I'm bringing takes you can only get right here. That's why people follow me, you know, at Jason Fitz on Twitter. Feel free to get out there. Just, yeah. Um, there are, in fact, I might just start with this one for the Olympics. I can fully guarantee there will be NBA players on Team USA basketball. <laughs> How do you like that? Jason, the real problem for Team USA basketball losing these games, it's not so much that they lost them. It's that they lost him during the sports calendar where there is the least going on. We're, we're in a two-day break of the NBA Finals, even Major League Baseball. It's the all-star break, so there's not even Major League Baseball games going on. Like This is the worst time in the sports calendar, and they decided to lose. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. And I'll give Jordan Cornette, uh, my buddy over at ESPN, a ton of credit as he reminded everybody that the Dream Team lost one of their exhibition games to a bunch of college kids that didn't even qualify for the Dream Team, right? So... Like, we forget that uh, there is history here. Like, are, are we really worried about it now? If it happens, 
you know, if it happens in the Olympics, then yes, I do think people will start to freak out a little bit. But I also think even if it happened in the Olympics, but they still won the gold, that's all that matters, right? Like, uh, this, this team will be remembered for winning a gold medal, but it, it sort of won't because we're so used to it. It's blasé at this point. That's blasé. That's that's the problem, Jason. Americans like you that think it's blasé <laughs> for them to win the win the gold medal. Greg Popovich would yell at you right now for thinking they're going to blow everybody out. Oh well, and can we acknowledge that if Budenholzer was the coach of Team USA basketball, <laughs> roster construction would be under like criticism. We'd be looking at the entire. They don't have enough physicality. They don't have enough big men. How are they going to compete European? I mean, the fact that Pop is the one that's behind it, like there's there's such an easy spot here to be like, oh, we trust that all things Coach Popovich. So he gets a lot of benefit of the doubt here too. So you know, like there's there's a part of me that would at some point. This is not the nicest thing to say, but. A part of me, would the Olympics not be more interesting if it was spread out? Like, if other countries could really challenge us? Would, or or is, are we like Madden? Like, we, when you play Madden, you want the computer to be just good enough to give you a hard time, but then you still want to win by three touchdowns in the end? I feel like that's sort of where we are as fans of USA basketball. We, we, we want it to be a challenge in the first half and then blow everybody out in the second half. I, I, I don't know. I think future of the Olympics would be good to see somebody else win in, in, every once in a while. Uh, Ed went to see Garth Brooks at Allegiant Stadium. Got a Garth Brooks yeah. story? Uh, I, I would tell you this. Garth, uh, by the way, one of the nicest people in all of the music business. I'll give you two quick Garth stories. One, uh, and this is kind of a famous one. Years ago, he was, uh, the, the bus was driving down the road, and he, um, he, there was a, a car broken down on the side of the road. So Garth made the bus pull over, grabbed the family, had the bus take the family home to their house, which was such a cool and wonderful thing to do. But he also wrote down the address, and then he called a local car dealership and had a new car delivered to their house just so that life could be a little easier for them. That speaks to Garth. And also, when he retired the first time, he went to every single guy in his band and crew, and he said, what's your lifelong dream? I'm going to make it happen. So, like, the number one sound company that rents out, like, PA and, and sound equipment in all of Nashville that, like, provides all the sound equipment for every tour that was founded by Garth's money for his front of house guy that wanted the opportunity to own his own company. And Garth's fiddle player, who's a close, a longtime close friend of mine, you know, Garth, he looked at Garth and said, man, you've already made my dreams come true. I got to tour the world. So Garth secretly called the his fiddle player's wife and said, what's the payoff on your house and your land and uh, took care of it for him. So it speaks to Garth when he walked away the first time he said, you know what, I'm going to make sure that everybody that has ever worked for me for a long time, is taken care of. And to that end, when he came back and decided he was going to tour again, he called everybody and said, I'm back on the road. And not a single person asked for a detail. They didn't care what it was paying. They didn't care how many shows it was. When Garth says he's touring, everybody comes because ultimately he's just a great human being. And, you know, the other night when he introduced, uh, between songs, he introduced the band. And my wife and I are sitting there and we had heard those stories, but it is interesting. He goes, Hey, this guy's a great cat. I love this guy. He's been with us and it's like 1992. And this guy's been nice. And we're looking at each other because we knew he had retired for a long time. Like, man, talk about commitment. Now that you tell us those stories and what he's done for them. I'm sure they would have gone back anyway, but that's amazing. I had a guy in San Diego who talked to him for an interview about the Padres. I don't know what it was. There was a story about the Padres. He's coming to San Diego, and literally, I was telling my friend the other day. He goes, "I'm going." I said, "I'm going to see Garth Brooks." He goes, "He goes that guy." He goes, "And this guy's covered sports for a long time." He goes, "He was not only the greatest guy I've talked to." He goes, "But I felt bad about how long do I get with Garth Brooks?" And he goes, "I couldn't get him off the phone." Like he kept talking. I'm like, and he goes. Eventually, I had to say, "I need to go, Garth Brooks." And like, it's usually Garth Brooks. I need to go. He goes. He was like 
the great he goes the greatest interview I've ever had, and he just wouldn't stop talking. He goes, "What else do you need? What else do you need?" Those stories are incredible. You just gave. Yeah, and and he's just a great human being. He also was, is is largely responsible for changing country music. He's the one that came into everybody and said, "Look, I went to college for marketing and business because at the end of the day, when you're a musician, you're all you're a small business owner, and we all learn that from Garth. Like you you market your own business and." He's known that from day one, and he knew exactly how we wanted to do it. I, I'm so glad Allegiant got that show uh, because, you know, nobody does it better and nobody represents country music or I think the music business better than Garth Brooks. By so, the way, the fiddle, the fiddle player is amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he, that guy's and amazing. by the way, during that, time, during that time that Garth was retired, he was a fiddle player for Reba. So he went from Garth to Reba, did a little <laughs> stint with Dolly, and now he's back to Garth. Like, I mean, he, That's he, a good lineup. He, he's lived the legend. Yeah, like he's... There's just a moment where you tip your hat and you're like, yep, uh, that's why he is uh, he's among the best and also a great dude. Well, he is Jason Fitz from ESPN. Jason, as always, we appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Jason. You guys have Thank a great week. Thanks. So Man, if my car's, my car's getting to the end and I think it's about to break down, I'm just going to find the Garth Brooks tour bus and just drive Man. in front of it until my car well, craps out. What stories, though? The, didn't he, was it the South Point where he was shooting threes on their basketball court? He, he yes. wanted, and he wanted the court. Yes. Yeah, and he was yes. like, oh, I love this court. I yes. need this court. I can't miss. I yes. think he got and the so court. He, yeah, they, they gave and him, he paid but he, for a new he one. He paid for South a new Point. one for them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He wanted like, that court. But that's such, that's such a, like, yeah. such a boss move. Because oh. I, I think the I story. Can't, I can't stop missing threes. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think Steve Stallworth told us this story yeah. on, on Technically Correct. I think the story is that he was playing, but he, he loves to shoot basketball, mm-hmm. so the South Point put out their basketball court for him, and he, yeah, couldn't miss and was like, hey, I want this at my house. Yeah. <laughs> just... But then he pays for the new one. Right, and then yeah, he yeah. paid for them to get a brand new court. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's great to uh, the, paying off the guy's house and everything, but, you know, he's his fiddle player, so he's going to do fine financially playing with them. But that story about driving them home and then, oh. and then having a new car. Even that, just stopping like, to help Yeah, exactly. Them. Just stop to help and then say, where do you live? We're going to take you. Yeah. And I'll t- I don't know what the neighborhood was, but these tour buses are big. <laughs> They're huge. I mean, if you're standing outside, this is coming down the street. It's like, who's this? Like, it's I don't think Brooke. one would have made it in I, my neighborhood. Thing. I mean, could you even turn the bus to get down some of these streets? And next day, there's a brand new car in the driveway? <laughs> That's an amazing. I'm sorry. That's I mean, it's an amazing story. Yeah, to, just to even stop and like. Yes. And go Hell, back and say what happened. I, I literally thought Jason was going to say he stopped, fixed their tire, and, and, and went on. Yeah. No, he drove them, them home <laughs> and then sent them a new. That's that's incredible. That's 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 the kind of money that we're, we're like. If you have that kind of money and you're that kind of person, that's awesome. And then you know, there's other people that are just like, we're going to space. <laughs> Coming up next, <laughs> our sharp one yesterday. We might have a chance here. We might have a chance at somebody winning this Antonio Brown jersey. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. All right, JP is back. He's gotten two in a row right. Again, we got to get to nine to win the Antonio Brown jersey. So, JP, where would you like to go with your pick for today? Today, I would like to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. All right. Okay. Yeah. So Milwaukee is favored, so we are just going to give you the Bucks to win straight up. They don't have to cover any number, just Bucks to win. Sound good? Well, they got to win tonight, Tyler. Yeah, I hope so. I I don't want a short series either. We need as much NBA Finals as we can get. So Bucks win. We'll be talking to you again tomorrow, JP. Thank you. Thanks, JP. 
All right, see you tomorrow. Nice. Mm. JP, you know, the, I, I like when, the confidence. Yeah, when the sharps get to three, the confidence starts way, uh, starts increasing. Talk to you tomorrow. When they get Talk to you tomorrow. When one they get or two, two in a like, row, eh. when they get two in a row, they come back for three and they're ready. Yeah, they're ready, they're ready to go ready on to three. Go. Oh, JP boy. was ready. Oh boy! All right, the more important sporting event of the day, though, Lights FC is hosting Sacramento Republic at seven thirty tonight, and will, there will be camels at the game. Will you be there? I will not be there. NBA Finals. I'll be watching both at home. Yeah, two screens. But there will be camels at the game. You're not intrigued with the camels anymore? Really? I'm what? more intrigued with fake horses. Oh, well, fake, ho- fake horses, fake <laughs> and camels. You know, and you know my feeling Wait, about no. oh, fake right. horses. The Genesis people need to drop like a one-time drop of camels. Well, I was going to say, can we create our own league and just make them camels, not horses, and become really rich? Like fake camels? Maybe. There's going to be, there might be uh, donkey races for fake horses where it's just bad horses. You're just racing the worst horses against each other. What? What? What is it? A donkey and a horse make a mule so it's sterile? Is that the, is like mule horses? I don't know if that, I, yes, you're on the right track. I don't know if that's the exact right combination, but yeah, it's a mule is, is, is you can't, cre- mule and a mule can't breed. You can only you have can't a mule. You can on fake horses. Yeah. No, but like, I, yeah. who knows? I just want you, I just want you to be like, Got a bunch of horses yeah. that can't breed. I was going to say, you can just, I assume with this fake horse thing, you just make up your own rules as you go along. It's not like anything's real anyway, so maybe they'll start you They're know, breeding eating. donkeys with horses. Nah. Mules, donkeys, horses. You got to run fast, Dad. You got to go fast. I'm looking, up, I'm looking up average speed times today, see how fast our horses are, comparing them to the, to the really good horses. Are your horses on a rest, or are you going to race somebody today? We'll race today, I assume. Here's, here's the problem we've run into recently, is that the game can only run one race at a time. So there's like and, a, so there's all these people in there and they're only running one race? Right. So but there's like a race every minute, basically. Okay, okay. But you can only do one at a time. So you find yourself waiting sometimes? So yeah, like like the last week or so, it's been like six, seven hour waits. Like you enter your horse in a race and it takes multiple hours before the race actually Does it runs. tell you what time? Yeah, it tells you when the when the race starts. Yeah, absolutely. But like you've got to like if you want to have a horse race it whatever 2 p.m you got to enter them right now so you've done this with friends do you guys tell each other when you're entering or can you when you guys come and enter a race and not just, tell anybody? just one of us is in charge of the entering of the race it's like he'll ask us like hey do we want to race somebody or whatever but just one of us is in charge of actually entering what are you them. in charge of i'm i am the uh market analyst <laughs> yeah I, he's I got you were in charge of some yeah. kind of weird numbers yeah. with this thing he's yeah. <laughs> Ed, he's literally like, let me check my spreadsheets. Yeah, no, we, yeah, I'm the market analyst. I, what a shock. I compare basically the sale prices of all the horses. Can you imagine see. sitting around at the original meeting? Let's divvy up responsibilities and look at this guy going, maybe something with numbers for that well, guy. Listen, had we done that, I'd be getting a higher cut than all these other bums. <laughs> I'm getting the same yeah, what's cut. The other, doing what's the guy more who just work? enters horses? One, Is he getting a free cut? 